Super Senpai Podcast. Welcome to the Super Senpai Podcast. This is a weekly, episodic, tokusatsu-related podcast where we're talking about big wrecks in spandex. I'm Pat. And I'm Green. And uh, with us this week uh, to talk about episode 12 of Lupin Ranger vs. Pat Ranger is Mello. Welcome to the show, Mello. Hi. First time robot. I don't know what any of this is. That's me. (laughs) Are there even robots? You're going to have to find out. That's part of the surprise. Who knows? Really? No. <laughs> Thanks so much for being on the show. Of course. So uh, uh, tell the people a little bit of your background with uh, tokusatsu and various uh, spandex fighting people. Okay. Um, every time that an anime does like a parody of it, <laughs> I, I think to myself, Yo, but I really like that music and that style though. Like, what if I just watch one of those instead of this anime? But I never do. I know that there are belts, and if anyone ever shows me a belt thing, they're super excited about it. I assume it's from one of these shows. Um, I know that there are robots. I just learned that. And I know that everything's pretty wacky. I mean, for someone who's not seen very much, that's that's basically the vibe. It's better than anime. It's crazy and wacky and fun. I didn't say that's that. That's it. So. Don't tell the internet that I said that. <laughs> No, but well, that's uh, that's great. This is going to be, man. It really, honestly, uh, I don't, I don't really know if it matters at all what happens tonight. You're going to be in for something. It's, <laughs> it's part of right. part of the joy for us as longtime Toku fans is every time you, you, you every time you hit play, you're like, what am I going to see? What am I about <laughs> to see? <laughs> Always a treat. Yeah. Oh, oh, there's one more thing I know. Um, I really like the show Sentai After Five, where they're just drinking at a bar. <laughs> is this is this a parody thing a real thing i'm not sure yeah yeah it is, it is. oh <laughs> no we brought it up we brought it up before uh i think we recommended it to might have been tom asnable oh that's right okay maybe i missed the, the title on that then or my memory is yeah. just super bad either one is is equally likely <laughs> so i watched i watched like everything i could find of that on youtube one night with a friend without having ever watched any actual sentai Unless you count Power Rangers. And I think I knew enough from Power Rangers to get all the jokes in that. Yeah, Power Rangers is one of those, like, it, it's a... I mean, it's close, you know, and as someone who likes both. Like, they're definitely in a similar vein, but, you know, Power Rangers is definitely kind of its own thing. But Toku, if, if you can, if you, can you know, uh, pick up what something like Power Rangers putting down, you'll, you'll, I think you'll be fine. So, Pat, do we want to prep him in any way? Like, do we want to tell him even what's going on? <laughs> um, I think just the gist of it, because it's going to be a little bit of explaining while we're watching if we don't. I mean, I'm sure scared. we'll do that anyway, but just mm. like... Uh... I was I was going to take it all in silently, because otherwise I'll just be saying <laughs> what every five seconds. That's also okay. That is also fine, too. Uh, I guess just, just as a quick breakdown for it... Uh, this this season is a little bit unusual because uh, typically they start off with one team with varying numbers from three to five. Last year it was nine because they're insane. 
Um, but this year, there's two teams of three. One is a Phantom Thief team, and the other team is a Global Police team, and they both have different goals in relation to this sort of uh, mafia monster team. Okay. Uh, so this this show is Super Sentai? Mm-hmm. Yes. Because that's your podcast. Mm-hmm. And, right. <laughs> uh, does, does the word, does Lupin just mean thief in Japanese, or... Are they just using that name like a knowing wink? I think there's just a very strong association with uh, the, the the fan the famous Phantom Thief Arsene Lupin, um, okay. especially with I mean Lupin, Lupin the Third, third being yeah. as big a thing as it is. You know and, what? I forgot um, that was an actual thing, and not yeah. just Lupin the Third. <laughs> yeah, right. I forgot there was <laughs> yeah. actually a thief, even though I just played Persona Five for three hundred fifty hours. Yep. Well, if you like Persona Five too, there's going to be some. Uh, I didn't. Some, I didn't like some. <laughs> oh well. Well, I'll probably like this more. Okay. Well, there's fair. definitely some visual uh, ticks that that it pulls from from some of uh, that at least. Okay. I mean, at least that's what I've heard. I've not played any of the Persona games myself, but some people are like, "Hey, this looks like Persona Five. So, <laughs> so, what part of the season is this? How far uh, in are we? About a fourth. A fourth? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. About. You know, that would put us at four. Four times twelve would be forty-eight because I'm a. Yep. I got the math down. So that's right. <laughs> so it's about a fourth of the way through, and uh, mm-hmm. it's been quite the ride. Um, though compared to Toei's other show right now, Common Rider, it's uh, practically uh, old-fashioned by comparison. But it is very different for Sentai. <laughs> so mm-hmm. yeah. So I mean, we probably don't want to prime the pump too much. I just kind of want to hear your reactions as we go. <laughs> yeah. Sure. This will be. This will be fun. All right, well, then, uh, without further ado, I suppose we should probably boot this thing up and let's get going. Yes, sir. This And we are back. Uh, so that was... That was a... Was an interesting one to bring you in on, Mello. But uh, sure, yeah. Uh, we'll do a quick, a quick little recap. There wasn't a whole lot to say here, uh, but basically, uh, we got a blue focused episode, kind of uh, him interacting with, I guess, a regular citizen, mm-hmm. a little bit of goofy Phantom Thief antics, and I guess not a whole lot, not a whole lot in terms of uh, Pat Ranger besides Pat Kaiser at the end. Kind of a slow one this time. Was that slow? <laughs> I, I, I mean, it was literally about it was about going fast. <laughs> oh jeez, yeah, yeah. For an episode that's supposed to be about going fast, it was. Uh, I think maybe we had our expectations a bit high for this week, coming off of the last few weeks. Yeah, this one. Um, I'm I'm curious to hear, uh, Mello, what you thought. But uh, I mean, I guess Pat, you and I are sort of old hats. Um. So, mm. Mello, what, what did you think, having zero context for this, other than it might be like Power Rangers? Uh, well, um, it was pretty shocking when all the special effects kicked in at once, because it started <laughs> with a like run-of-the-mill, normally shot scene with the boy running, and then it went to the police station where there was a robot screaming, um, there was a non-Japanese man looking like he was there to be the non-Japanese man. And there was this colorful police station. Everybody was screaming. And they were saying, Gangala. There's a Gangala. So, yeah, it was a lot. <laughs> but after that, it leveled out a lot. Yeah, it's definitely a lot uh, to take in at certain points. Pat, how did you feel about this one? 
Uh, I feel like the tone was, I was looking for kind of like an exciting tone for this one, uh, coming kind of hot off of the last couple of kind of zany and wacky episodes. And this one took a bit more of like a somber route, which is, mm. uh, I guess, kind of interesting. But overall, I think, I think the energy level was pretty low for what I was hoping for. Yeah, I think uh, this one felt a little, probably of, of the episodes we've done, this is probably the most run-of-the-mill one, I would say, quote-unquote. Um, mm. This one felt the most like a pretty standard Sentai episode, although I still think I net enjoyed it overall. Um, I really enjoyed the fight choreography this week. Uh, we yes. got a lot of really good transformed fights for the Rangers, a lot of really exciting uh, kind of acrobatics and you know the sort of pseudo gunplay pseudo fisticuffs that they do uh, i think was really on point this week the focusing on like you were saying focusing on loop and blue with this very sad tale about loss and about believing in fairy tales even though there's nothing really to them and a child you know learning to run for his uh his friend who suffered a tragedy like it just it was definitely kind of a downer in that sense and there wasn't necessarily a huge upswing i mean the, the kid learned to believe in himself i suppose but that wasn't really it seemed to quite <laughs> like he learned to believe that he could run on the track team which i mean i guess that is a victory certainly um but not maybe not quite enough to to undo some of the just sort of a the low energy elements of the rest of the episode but i i still enjoyed it overall just because of the fights i think primarily yeah i think a phantom thief character does have to be a little dark you know like a little legitimately dark yeah <laughs> every now and then you got to be a little sad because you're you're a phantom thief yeah for for it to work yeah <laughs> it's like contractual you know <laughs> it's be all all up and up but blue i mean it's definitely blue has been kind of cold and um i think the the overarching thematic seems to be he's trying to get this kid to believe in the power of this you know magic item which we didn't really get context for you for this mellow but the, the woman in those those flashbacks, his fiance you know, passed away. We mentioned it throughout the episode, but one of the reasons that the thieves are involved at all in this is because they were told, by the way, if you collect all the pieces of this collection, you can make a wish. So he was definitely sort of hmm. trying to get the, the kid to believe in the item because in a way he's trying to convince himself to still believe because he's kind of losing faith a little bit that he maybe can even do this, that he can bring her back yeah. at all Um, because they haven't really been given much to go on. So that was, I think, an element there, but it's definitely still kind of a bummer. (laughs) Do they have to steal them all from monsters? Basically, yeah. The monsters are hoarding them. We don't know how they've come across them or what exactly they're doing them besides attempt to wreak havoc, which I think Mm. is what we're looking for at this point. Like, what's their goal? What do they want? Right. Uh, We've been waiting this whole time and been asking for it this whole time. Like, when when are we going to know what the the villains want with these pieces? I mean, I guess we could assume a wish, but... I don't know. That one guy just seemed like he liked going fast. <laughs> he, he, he did have to go fast. Maybe they just enjoy the powers. <laughs> um, but I do have one important question uh, that I realized during that last fight was unanswered. Um, hmm. Are those cops the only cops? <laughs> are there are there normal cops? These are the these are the monster cops, I guess. The <laughs> ones that focus on like stars monster from global Resident police. Evil. So mm-hmm. <laughs> okay. Basically. Okay. They're the global police, but there's three. <laughs> yep. And they focus entirely on Japan. Who knows? Maybe there's ganglers all over the world. We haven't gone quite global yet besides, I guess, uh, that French lady from a few episodes back. Yeah, that's who happened true. to have uh, one of the pieces as a jewelry item. It is odd to think about Japan sort of... I mean, of course, it, of course it is because it's a Japanese show, but 
to think about Japan as sort of the base for all these things happen when you have sort of a weird kind of global or, or alien invasion and they're going to focus on Japan. Like, what else the, is happening yeah. in the world? The implication I've gotten is that they're the Japanese branch of the global police, but they just <laughs> happen to have the versus changers. And we've not really been told how many versus changers there are. But there's clearly mm. a lot out there, and clearly some they don't know about because the Pat Rangers were surprised that the Lupin Rangers had versus changers, and the Lupin Rangers were surprised that the Pat Rangers had versus changers. So it's definitely kind of implied that they're relatively new or shocking, and that there could be more out there. So I don't know. I've just sort of just kind of read it as like, well, this is the Japanese branch of of this operation. So, <laughs> so Mel, how did this how did this pan out in comparison with some of your uh, memories, fond or not so fond of Power Rangers? Mm. Barely have any. I feel like the fighting looked much better in this, which I guess makes sense since it's been years. And um, I definitely remember the the feeling of only one thing you actually need to pay attention to in this scene is happening, but everyone else is moving in a way that makes it look like more is happening. And it's very well done uh, here. Uh, like we were both saying, I guess, is it looks like everyone's having a lot of fun and doing a lot of cool stuff, but the action is still focused. So the choreography actually really impressed me, as well as um, the special effects. And I was telling uh, you beforehand, Patrick, that it was uh, that whatever I had watched before was not not really impressing me. The Common Rider Forze, something about the frame rate felt off. It looked cheap, but I loved all the effects stuff here. Mm-hmm. But I guess it was more puppets and like actual props here, somewhat, or. I'm not trying to say puppets. I'm saying models. It's more models, probably. The practical well, effects. Yeah. There was a puppet. Let's let's be honest. Yeah. Good striker's a puppet. He's he's a there's a lot going on on when he's on screen. <laughs> but uh, I think that whenever whenever they decide to go giant in a common rider series, which I think happens in the first episode, no power Dizer doesn't show up for a few. But whenever they decide to do that in a common rider series, it feels out of place for me personally. So I mean, Grant, you're getting a bit of that in build. Like in the earlier episodes when they decide to make all of the mini mechs lock into a giant human shaped. It's just weird. I'm not a fan of those usually whenever that kind of thing shows up. But I accept that that is part of what we're going to see in this kind of show. And I feel like um, Sentai tends to handle scale better. Yeah. uh, At least sort of selling you that this giant thing is up here. Yeah. Um, None of the special effects bother me. I liked them. Yeah, and I think that's the key that really stands out is that the the all the practical effects are just so enjoyable and the the um having the hard suits and even though we have to cut back and forth because this week they use the the yo-yo cycle attack which means they have to keep cutting back to CG just seeing the hard suits run around and the explosions I really like the shot there was kind of a I guess like a tracking shot where the the camera's going to the left and there's all these little model trees going past in the front while the monsters fight in the background just like really good shots I really enjoy that kind of thing and I feel like when that goes well, it really leverages Sentai's unique strength in that it assumes, like, well, we're just we're doing the big monster thing. We're always doing the big monster thing. We're never not going to do the big monster thing. <laughs> yeah. I was I was ragging on the uh, the look of the bracelet. It just looks like the most prop toy <laughs> thing ever. But I'm doing it in in fun because I I really enjoyed the fact that it was just there uh, in this very serious scene where. It would look extremely suspicious to this boy's instructor that he suddenly came with this giant toy on his wrist and to um to his friend as well. But it was just there, looking great. That's the key, really, is that 
almost universally with tokusatsu one of the things that's so great about it is that it commits doesn't matter if in the year of our lord 2018 this child is wearing on a high def high definition television program what is very clearly a plastic bracelet that has been spray painted gold (laughs) like not even like like that clearly was not even originally gold someone was like hey we need this for the next shot just just spray it man but like no one in the scene acknowledges it no one winks at the camera no one at any point goes like, man, that looks like a toy. And you could tell they, they put a lot of effort into the props that aren't just going to be there for one episode. I think that's the difference, is that it was just right. the, the literal plot device um, mm. for this episode. But, you know, when they pull out their cool weapons and everything, those look great. Yeah. A, a neat thing to note on this week's episode, since we uh, somebody had pointed this out a few episodes back, but um, the MacGuffin each episode, I think, tends to be a prop from a previous season. They don't outright say it, but they've like kit bashed it or, or sort of reworked it to look like something else. Mm-hmm. And it, it it's it's painful to recognize this one because it's the transforming device from Die Ranger, I mm. think, just on site. That's my guess. <laughs> um I think Grant, you agree with me on this. Yeah, that's what um, it looks but like. But the fact that they took two not one, but two of the Die Ranger aura changers and they turned them into this <laughs> <laughs> into this thing. Uh. It hurts just a little bit, but maybe they got a cheap one. I don't know. Well, it's nice to see it back, even if there was some some sacrilege involved in its creation. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> also, uh, I guess I wanted to point out, it's nice to see, and this is what happens, even though we've only, we're have only only 12 episodes in, so many things happen sometimes and you forget power sets the heroes have, but it's nice to see uh, Lupin Red use the scissors, which gives the sword and the, or the shield and boomerang ability when he's on foot, as opposed to in the, the mech when they're in Lupin Kaiser. And it becomes a sword and shield thing. It's nice to see him use it on foot again and for that to be such a, a big kind of flashy attack. I always enjoy that sort of stuff. Oh, yeah. Seeing it uh, kind of clip the trees and then sort of the top of a tree trunk at, near the end of its attack was pretty sweet. Like maybe a bummer because I was hoping to see it land on something at the end, but still it was nice. Yeah. <laughs> Did you have any other thoughts or anything that kind of struck you about your experience here, Mello? Uh, it was, I guess, like pinned in understandable structure tropes kind of it wasn't off the wall in a way that was like uh unwelcoming you know i liked the acting i liked the effects um generally enjoyed it i'm I'm not as like fish out of water as i expected to be i guess hmm. i guess uh since you're i don't know if we said this at the beginning but you're you're the you're the wizard that put together our kicking rad theme song <laughs> but i guess from a, a music perspective or an adr perspective like what what uh do you have any feelings about what you experienced here on that well they have the privilege of having a lot of their scenes be able to be fully adr because uh, as i remarked very early on you can't see anyone's mouths in some of the scenes and the mm. vocals are super crisp and it would almost be more funny if they were all muffled because they were coming from behind masks but (laughs) but um i think that there's like a major i guess component to the show is that this body acting isn't really necessary to just be extremely exaggerated and do you all know are there any occasions where the actors in the suits are completely different yes typically um yeah that's so that they they have suit actors that are for this and some of them are common i'm unfortunately i'm not super familiar with their names but they're are some suit actors that sort of jump between different series like it's typically not the face actor that you see uh and this is uh this has been the case 
they've had basically stuntmen or suit actors since is is it the was this because of Kamen Rider? I said this is a joke, but is that that's actually the case, right? Yeah, that is the case originally uh, with the first Kamen Rider series of that motorcycle accident. So, um, and that's just you know that's the case, especially as the fight choreography has gotten more and more sort of complex and satisfying and and sort of physically demanding. I think particularly when Japan Action Club took over, um, it's it's just it's you 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 know it's the same thing. Like you don't part of the enjoyment is seeing these these long fight scenes that are single takes or don't have as much cutting whereas if you had say sort of an american style you know western television program or something like that where you have you try to have the actor in the scene the dramatic actor doing these fights you have to do a lot of cuts and a lot of editing to make it look like they are fighting because they don't know how to fight (laughs) (laughs) and who can blame them because i mean a lot of the actors here the japanese actors they don't know how to fight either but that's why you have suit actors to do the fighting for you and that's the benefit of having a full face covering mask Okay, that totally makes sense. Well, guys, do we have any other thoughts before we get to Twitter questions? Hmm, I did, and it just fell out of my head. So oh. if it comes back, then we'll see where it goes. But Okay, so uh, we just got a couple this week uh, from uh, our good buddy, Behalai Bebop. Uh, how much experience do you have with Showa Toku, and what do you think of the era overall? I'm going to say that uh, Showa... So what, where's, where does Showa land in terms of Super Sentai? Uh, I don't know what the cutoff is. Um, I will look that up real quick using the magic of the internet. Okay, so the show period here uh, is obviously starts with Go Ranger the very first, but ends with Live Man. Oh, jeez. Okay, then basically zero experience uh, with Showa era, Showa era Sentai, but yeah, I would say most of my Showa era stuff is probably going to be Ultraman classic ultraman i think that still counts oh yeah and then uh a bit of v3 and a bit of ichigo uh, but i believe um common rider black is or is is technically in the heisei era uh i don't know uh i think that's the case or at least our oh maybe it's rx i'm not sure i think heisei starts in the 90s doesn't it 1990 yeah i don't know when black aired well that basically my answer is that i'm pretty limited so that's 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 my my shame here uh but i i do i am interested in it because it's it's a very sort of different presentation oh you know what that's sort of sort of sort of not true um my exposure to pre pre black or pre common rider black uh writers is uh the manga common rider spirits which i've my understanding is that sort of captures like the idea of them maybe it makes them a little bit more serious than they actually are but it's sort of i think it sort of distinguishes the writers a little bit and then sort of expands on their ideas in the form of a manga but that's uh, that's not quite that but i'm interested and i, I do want to go back and watch one of these sometime yeah for myself most of my show era experience is not with super sentai i've seen a, a few um i've seen a few of the uh, episodes from the show series but i've not actually watched any of them um most of my show experience is either ultraman or uh the godzilla franchise or the gamma franchise so more more leaning in that uh and i've not seen any of the Showa era common writer either but i'm a big fan of the feel i mean it's it's i guess it's interesting um i guess for me part of the thing that i appreciate about the Showa era is you know we talk about things being toyetic like obviously you know mellow as you just witnessed in this episode almost everything that the actors touch is a toy that you can buy uh, and is very clearly a toy that you can buy like is oftentimes they're probably using the toys on set um i guess the nice thing about the Showa era is that 
the toyetic element wasn't quite so um, quite so obvious on screen. It was more of what we would consider kind of classic toy elements like vehicles and things like that. Like, oh, there's the hero. You can probably buy an action figure of the hero. There's the cool plane or the cool car they drive, and you can buy that. But they weren't necessarily holding what was clearly like a, a plastic toy, that sort of thing. So I do appreciate that, um, even though I enjoy the modern style too. Um, so for me, I will actually answer this because... I also have experience with all the Godzilla Showa movies. I've watched all those. Mm. And I like everything about the aesthetic brought about in that period, uh, especially the music. And while we were doing the theme song, I kind of immediately grasped onto that uh, element, especially the horn section being the direction I wanted to take it in. Yeah, there's something very powerful about those Showa trumpets and um, stuff like Akira Fukube and his work is just, it's really incredible. Yep. The best Very horns. appreciative that you brought that element into the theme. <laughs> okay, uh, so this other one comes to us from uh, Ansem Ebooks. Uh, they say, uh, it, it feels like Sentai as a whole is starting to move away from the classic alternating formula of science show than a fantasy show. What do you think the future of the franchise looks like when it comes to genre selection? It's an interesting one. It's kind of hard to draw like a pattern from this. I mean, what are we at? We're at Cops and Robbers this year. We had Space, space astronauts last year old space astronauts it's <laughs> a good term for it thanks uh what was the year before that shoot um man i can't remember what happened last week on this show <laughs> <laughs> um no it is getting it's it's quite difficult to tell um you know part of me uh would be like well they're gonna do what they usually do and just it's you know play it by ear but the way common writer build and the way this show have both uh consistently defied my expectations i wonder if they're gonna try something at least somewhat different in terms of the genre selection maybe we'll see some things we haven't seen before even though this is clearly set in the modern day the the cops and robber element has sort of that it's got something of a 20th century feel if that makes sense just the kind of the some of the elements of it so maybe we'll see more things that are still that are more, I guess, period pieces is maybe what I'm looking for. More more time hmm. frames rather than specific, like, broader genres, maybe. Yeah, I mean, looking it up quickly here, uh, before last year's space theme, we had uh, we had animals, and the year before that, they did ninjas again. Mm, so animals and ninjas right. are pretty rote, I think, in terms of what they'll do thematically. Mm. But the year before that, they did Tokyo which is trains. Yeah. So... I mean, I think it's too early to do animals and ninjas again, so <laughs> I'm hoping for something strange or something different or something weird. They're all dead. It's all They're all going to be ghosts next year. <laughs> what if they were Ghostbusters? That'd be fun. I will take like, it. Um, what was, um, like, uh, I don't remember if it pans out for Go Go 5, but because um, I haven't seen that yet, but... Uh... Lightspeed Rescue, where they were all uh, emergency personnel who also fought demons under the city. I really, really like that combination of weird things. <laughs> that works really well for me. Yeah. Make it interesting. So this comes to us from Alex, uh, Ajax Ranger. Uh, what are your thoughts on Sentai summer movies, and would you rather them be longer like Kamen Rider ones? I'm not that familiar with the the that that structure. I'm usually... <laughs> To be, to be fair, uh, most of the movies I watch that have Sentai in them tend to be like the crossover ones, which, uh, I mean, I don't think have a very good track record, to mm. say the least. I, I don't know how well they're integrated. I feel like they, they end up being like sort of spinoffs or sort of just like one-shot stories that have nothing necessarily to do with the plot of it versus the writer series movies. Mm. But um, I don't know if you have 
more experienced with this. No, I've seen more of the Ryder movies than I have the Sentai movies. So, um, but yeah, those tend to be kind of integrated into the plot, or at least they're kind of more like handoffs or something for Sentai. Adam, um, or the true ending. Thanks, guys. Right? It's gonna pain me. I'm gonna be physically in pain if Build's ending ends up being in the movie, <laughs> summer movie. I mean, who knows? That would hurt me too. But mm. what are you gonna do? Um. You know, I mean, I guess my thing with this, with movies in general is, um, yeah, I really don't, I'm not sure, I'm not sure if I enjoy, I guess I enjoy side stories. I like stories that, I guess I prefer for the series to be the series. As soon as you start bringing in things like, well, I mean, yeah, you watch the series, but did you watch the movie, or did you read the tie-in comic, or did you read the the novel that included more info? Like, I really don't like that kind of thing. Like, I understand why they do it across mm. all media. I mean, you know, American media does this plenty of times, where you have to have seen these other elements to really get the full picture. I'm not the biggest fan of that. I prefer stories that can inform me more about the narrative. Like, there's a reward to watching it. Like, it's included, but that it's not necessary to complete the story that is the series like i don't i just don't i don't care for that like like you're saying i don't want the real ending to be somewhere else i don't want to to have to watch the movie to understand wait what happened between this episode and that episode i completely don't understand what's going on anymore i don't really care Mm. for that sort of thing right would they do that because of like budget constraints or Hmm. Um, i'm just thinking about how or why other uh, media does it i think it's because the sort of the way that these shows work uh, where I, I don't think they have any expectation of, of having to cater to an external audience or really worrying about us out here, you know, not in right. Japan. Oh, definitely. So, yeah. So for the kid, this is really for the kids and this is really for their, you know, their big winter blockbuster or their spring movie or summer blockbuster that, that, that's sort of their local hero thing. The variety or, or sort of, how how much they decide to integrate into the plot or make sure it, it matters or doesn't matter. It, I think it depends on how how well the show's doing there. And then they're like, well, we can make it fold in, and but they will also keep it in a way sort of that they can continue on anyway. That mm-hmm. happened with Build for sure. Uh, by the way, uh, there's some stuff that carries over into the into the show that they kind of do like a little. By the way, in the movie they did this. Um, it's fine. Don't <laughs> worry about it. Like okay, um, just a local production thing, I guess. Yeah. Alrighty. I think that's it, right? Yeah, I think, think so. Um, Alright, so do we want to make our special announcement now and discuss that uh, before we sign off tonight? Yes. Uh, big news! We'll be changing our release schedule from a weekly to a bi-weekly. Mm. Thanks for tuning in. Yep. <laughs> no, yeah, um, we the weekly format's really good. Uh, it allows us to, to just to do one episode per week, but scheduling-wise, it's becoming a little difficult, not just because, it, you know, looking to the future, can we guarantee we can record every single week, you know, that, that weekly schedule, we, we sort of lock ourselves in almost indefinitely. But it also, as we've talked about doing special episodes and things like that, it's made it difficult to try to schedule, okay, we have to do the normal four shows a month. And then also we want to do other stuff too because we don't want this show to just be about Lupin Ranger versus Pat Ranger even though we're still loving that and we're still going to cover it. So right. we're switching to a bi-monthly format. We'll go every two weeks and one episode of the month will definitely be... We're, we're Let me put it this way. We're still working on the format a little bit and we'll announce that more in detail on Twitter and also as the episodes come out. Um, the current plan is to do one episode that is our currently airing show like our Lupin Ranger versus Pat Ranger it'll probably just be Pat and I and we'll cover whatever four episodes that have been since the last time and then the next episode of the month will be something else either a special interview 
It'll be a reflection on a favorite series, uh, just, you know, whatever it may be. Um, and that format is certainly subject to change, but we, we want to keep up with Lupin Ranger versus Pat Ranger. We don't want to give up on that, but we also love a lot of other things in Toku. And um, if we just stick to the, the weekly schedule is tough to maintain. And if we just stick to just covering a weekly episode every week, well, we'll only ever talk about two shows a year, ultimately, you know, <laughs> like may, maybe three, right? Pretty much. <laughs> so. Yeah. And just sort of stuff on the side yeah but what i do want to do is i do want to keep sort of the pace or or have something for people to check out mm. uh, so on the off weeks i will be doing or we will be doing depending on whatever probably just me uh, uh <laughs> we'll be doing like like a, a stream of something that we're working on like because i i, I want to do or i'm really interested in sort of the visual aspect of of uh super senpai so uh, we have some sort of fun things that we've been working on in the background. And you know what? Let's just, we'll throw it up on a stream and y'all can come chill stream and hang out if you want. Yeah. Um, but I'll leave the VODs up on Twitch. I, I don't know if we'll make a separate channel for it or if we'll just use my existing one. There's really nothing on there. So we'll see. All right. Well, um, so yeah, we're looking forward to bringing that out to you guys. And uh, Mello, thanks so much for being on with us. Of course. It was great. And of course, thanks for making our music. It was great. The, our, yes, our theme thank is you. wonderful. Is this the first? This isn't the first episode that uses it. No, it? no. Um, okay. No, no. We've been using it for three, two or three Eons. episodes. Now? No, I have no idea. Hmm. <laughs> I, yeah. I lose track. <laughs> uh, but if folks want to tune in and check out the rest of your really awesome music, um, support you on Bandcamp and all that, uh, where would they go? So my artist name is Two Mellow. It's number two in Mellow without a W. And you can find my music at twomellowmakes.bandcamp.com. Fantastic. And then uh, they can also find you on SoundCloud, right? Uh, you yeah. Not? I don't no. like SoundCloud. Yeah, <laughs> they can find me there. Uh, SoundCloud.com slash twomellow. Yeah, hopefully that site will last for the rest of 2018. <laughs> oh, geez. Really? <laughs> it's It's going rough over there. Oh, boy. We'll see. Yeah, I, I keep hearing things yeah. about SoundCloud every maybe time. The I... Sentai, maybe <laughs> Sentai can save it. So we're here to do. We're here to save. <laughs> All right. Well, thanks for coming on. Of course. <laughs> oh, bring me on when you have the episode where we trash SoundCloud. Oh, boy. <laughs> thanks for tuning in to the Super Senpai Podcast. We'll notice you again next time. Super, Super Senpai, Senpai Podcast. Podcast. Oh!